Welcome back to Prairie Off the Record. This is Corbin, and I have a very special guest with me again today. Uh, special guest, feel free to introduce yourself. Uh, is that me? Yeah, you're the special okay. guest, Gord, believe it or All not. All right. Yeah, I'm Gord Allert, and uh, my role here at the college is I give leadership to a program called the Prison Bible Encounter Program. Yes, you heard that right. We teach... A, uh, we teach a one-year program in uh, several of the federal penitentiaries here in Alberta. Sweet. Nice. Well, because most of our listeners probably don't know too much about the prison ministry, I've got quite a few questions for you, so get nice and comfy, Gord. Okay. We're going to go right into it. Uh, so I guess kind of the first big question is what specifically got you involved in prison ministry? That's literally the hardest question you could ask, and you you asked <laughs> right out of the gate. Yeah, I gotta um, I gotta start with something big. Because so the answer the is probably, you know, when people ask me to come and speak and they want me to cover that, it usually takes me an hour. But this is a fifteen minute podcast, so that's pretty poor planning on your part. But oh, thank you, Gordon. We'll we'll <laughs> give it a stab. Um, uh, no pun intended. Uh, the <laughs> If we go back about into my personal history, if we go back about <laughs> I'm sorry, more I'm than listening. a decade anyway, I actually had a brush with incarceration. Hmm. So um, my experience uh, at that time, I was like in my early 50s. And uh, I found myself in an environment that was completely, completely different than anything I'd uh, ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. And uh, it led to an awakening on many different levels in my life. And um, I, I told God then, um, if you can help me put my life back together and use me, I would actually like to have some influence with men who have made mistakes and men who are incarcerated. Mm. So that's what originally got me interested in uh, prison ministries. That's hmm. one of the coolest things. I think for almost every speaker we've had, like who's come and talk about their ministry, hearing them talk about how their personal experiences, um, even if they were like bad or rough or hard at the time, God like turned those into things that became a passion for serving him through encouraging others who have been through the same thing, just so that they can see like a living example of what it means to have God work through you no matter what. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah. I call it redemption. Yeah. That's a good word. There's a yeah. $5 word for our listeners. Yeah. You ever heard that one before? That one's actually seven fifty on the current market. Mm, inflation. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, it's just that good of a word. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Gord. Uh, oh, you got me all distracted now thinking about inflation. Sorry, you're supposed to be the host. I am Just supposed to be the mind. host. Yeah. Okay. Well, our very next question is uh, well, what is the thing that you look forward to most as you're participating in the ministry? Like, what's the best part of it to you? Uh, no, I could, I could answer that a number of different ways. Uh, as we sit here in this podcast, uh, you know that we're in a worldwide pandemic. So mm. my first 
And the easiest response is, I can't wait until this thing is over so we can <laughs> see our students again. Absolutely, yeah. But um, actually, just before we went into the pandemic, we were fixing to graduate our first batch of students, our first wow. batch of incarcerated students. So our first cohort was going to actually complete their certificate in Bible. Oh, wow. Um, and that kind of got interrupted. But it is not, it's still in the future, and mm -hmm. uh, that I think that's probably what I'm looking forward to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple things. You can mention more if you'd like. I'm the host of this podcast, Gord. I can, okay. I can make it go as long as we want. <laughs> it sounds like you're running out of questions. I am not running out of questions, Gord. Okay. I have so many questions for you. Well, um, you know... We have many students in our program that have been in prison for, for decades. Mm. And some of them could be considered dangerous people. And um, I actually call many of these guys my friends. They have come to be brothers in the Lord. And uh, I miss them. Mm. I miss going in and just seeing the looks on their faces when they've discovered something new about the Lord. Mm. Um, I used to teach a guitar class uh, with with a number of them, and uh, and I miss just sitting around in the chapel and learning songs together with them. So I'm looking forward to 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 the restoration of that. I'm looking forward to see um, God's purposes. Uh, in their lives just uh, fulfilled to the max. And uh, I think that's possible, and I am really looking forward to that. Mm. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Can you teach me guitar too, do you think? Let's, um, let's have that be the next podcast episode. Would you be willing episode. to go to jail? Yeah. What crime okay. should I commit? Yeah. <laughs> You choose the day, the time, and I'll commit it, Gord. Okay. <laughs> um, I do have more questions for you, though, so right. we'll go on. We'll go on to the next one. Uh, what is the most common misconception about what you do? Actually, I'm really excited to hear about this one. The common, most common misconception. I think the most common misconception is what guys in jail are really like. Mm. Um, as a society. To say that we marginalize them, that's putting it mildly. Mm. Um, many times we hate them, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And we're happy that they're in jail. And we're happy that they're separate from society. And yes, there are some of these guys that are dangerous and need to be out of society. And uh, they do need to have a consequence for what they did. But... Lots of times, as I said earlier, th these guys, if, if they were, you know, if you, if you were in an environment with them uh, that wasn't a prison and uh, one of these guys walked into the room, he would look like anybody else. Uh, yeah. One of my, one of the guys that I've become um, pretty close to uh, is, is a lifer mm -hmm. and his name is Brad. And uh, he reminds me of a guy that just renovated my kitchen a few years ago. He just looks like a normal, average guy. Yeah, just and it's not, and it's not, uh, 
and he acts that way too. Like these guys are not monsters. Um, they have made bad mistakes. They've done bad things. But yeah. uh, when I was a kid, uh, I would say 10 or 11 or something like that. Um, my family was in an airport and we were waiting to board a plane, but the plane was, the pl passengers that were on it were coming off of it. So we had to wait and these passengers that were on the plane, they all walked past me. And I looked out and there was two um, uniformed guards or policemen, I don't remember which. And between them, they had a prisoner that was shackled and handcuffed. Mm. And he was walking between them, kind of doing a shuffle walk with his legs shackled between these two burly guards. And as he walked past us, he looked at me. And that haunted me. And yeah. uh, I imagined him looking through my window, my bedroom window at night. And uh, I slept away from the window because <laughs> I didn't want to see him looking. You know, it just kind of haunted me. And that was my mm -hmm. first... That was my first exposure to somebody that was a prisoner. And yeah. I've since learned that, that that's really a rarity. They're, they're not like that. They're not, they're not the men that we, that we see in the horror movies. Many times they're, they're the guy that lives down the street. They're somebody's brother, they're somebody's son, somebody's husband. And uh, there is lots of potential be, be behind the walls of a prison. I talked to... Um, talked to a pastor who did who did uh, prison work in Russia and he told me something that has stuck with me for a number of years now but he said that the next revival in his opinion the next great revival is going to start in a prison hmm. I think it's like you're saying you know marginalized doesn't quite cover it uh, but when we're thinking about like prisons you know I think people probably just get this idea like like oh that should give like, give you like an icky feeling to think about prison but like the people there also like you're saying are somebody's somebody's brother somebody's father somebody's family um and they're not just a number and they're not just a statistic in the system and I think that's probably one of the hardest you know debates that we as Christians have nowadays is you know, who's worthy of God's love. And if we pick and choose that, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of people who are in prison that we're like, well, they're not worthy, but that's why it's not up to us. And so it's really cool to hear how, like when you're going into this ministry, you're sharing with these men that like God's love covers them, even if others people, other people's love is not present for them. Um, it's been really cool. I never, I don't know why I never thought of it I guess probably for the same reason other people don't you you don't want to think about prisons or the people that are in them but coming here and hearing that like this is a ministry that Prairie does where we're um, just trying to give opportunities to people um, who are wanting to grow who are wanting to learn about God or who are even just like curious on a baseline level just knowing that we are attempting to reach people um, and I think, you know, for my whole life, I've been so focused on, like, the mission field is unreached people in a jungle somewhere, and, like, prison's a jungle of its own. Um, oh, yeah. And there's, there's unreached people in prisons all over the world, all over the U.S., all over Canada, and, oh, it's, it weighs heavy on my heart. 
I think just knowing some of the different stories that I've heard. And it's just really encouraging to know um, that they're getting the same opportunity that I was given uh, to just hear about Jesus and to be able to ask questions. I think everybody deserves that. So, whew, I don't think I've cried on a podcast episode before. <laughs> Dang it, Gord. I had a really good track record going. Oh, well, <sighs> that's broken now. <laughs> oh, had to happen towards the end, of course. At least you didn't ugly cry. I know. Well, a good thing for me, you know, nobody yeah. can see it while we're on the podcast. We're not yeah. on camera or anything. Yeah. Uh, Gord's getting an eyeful of my ugly cry over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there, you're not out of line, Corbin. Um, it's a heartbreaking situation lots of times. And, uh, you know, uh, people ask me all the time what we can do. Like, can I go with you? And obviously there's security current concerns around going into prison at the best of times, but right yeah. now nobody's getting in. Yeah. And um, the people that are getting in, they have to go there because it's their job. Yeah. Um, but a great number of the people that work in prison have been told to stay home during this pandemic. So there is uh, not very many staff, and that means that many of the activities these guys do <clears throat> that kind of keep them sane are gone. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they are, <clears throat> right now, they're unit confined, which means they stay locked in their cell all day except for 20 minutes once a day where they can make a phone call and have a shower. They're allowed to have a shower once every three days and uh, if there is actually COVID on their unit, they don't go outside. So wow. some of the units haven't been outside in the light of day for literally months. And it's a very harsh environment, and the mental health is really, really rough. So pray for these guys if you, yeah. uh, if you think of it. Yeah, I think that kind of leads me into... My very next question is, you know, what are some of those different prayer requests about the ministry and for these guys? And uh, obviously COVID is a huge part of uh, praying for these different men um, who are quarantined in a way that a lot of us haven't been. I think, you know, people are sad about being stuck in their houses and we just don't even understand what a blessing that is to be in a house and... Yeah, for sure. I, I think the biggest thing, and I know we don't have a lot of time here, but I think the biggest thing that th these guys ha have a huge opportunity right now to live what they have been taught these last number of years by Prairie. They have an opportunity to be salt and light in a in a very dark and harsh environment yeah. and we're hearing some really cool stories about about this kind of thing happening and it tells me that that what they're learning what they're studying is actually authentic they they are actually undergoing transformation that we can see yeah. by how they're acting in this really tough circumstance right now so pray for these guys. Uh, pray, pray that they can cope with 
the lockdowns, but pray that they can be salt and light, that they can be the arms and feet, arms and feet of Jesus uh, inside. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, what I kind of want to end with a little bit is just um, something that my program has done. I don't know if other programs have been a part of doing this as well, but uh, we have written letters to the guys who are in prison, and I know you guys have talked about how encouraging that is for them just to have <clears throat> just this kind of little piece of contact with someone and for them to know that like there's people praying for them. Um, I didn't really send you this question ahead of time, so I don't know exactly <laughs> whether this, uh, how it all works and everything, but if people do want to send letters to these guys who are, um, who are in prison, uh, how would they go about that? And is that sent to Prairie and then sent to you? Um, I just know for me, it's been, it's been nice to feel like I can give some sort of piece of encouragement to some of these guys. So, um, I'm sure other people would be interested to know as well how we can do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's kind of a distinction in when prisons are operating normally, like in a non-pandemic environment, there's a distinction between a volunteer worker, which we are, and a, um, a personal contact of an inmate, mm -hmm. like a, a friend or a brother or a sister or something like that. Uh, the, the, the distinction is you can't be both. Mm. Um, so that means that as volunteers in our program, we're not really supposed to be um, writing them letters or, or sending them stuff. Um, but during the pandemic, uh, that's been relaxed a little bit, and mm. we have been able to get some letter writing projects going. One example would be one of our students, um, a guy in his mid, mid <coughs> excuse me, a guy in his mid-50s who um, is learning how to be salt and light uh, noticed that there was a guy on his unit who had been in jail a very long time. We're talking 40 years. Mm. And um, he has no family. And uh, to make matters worse, he's starting to experience dementia. Mm. And uh, our student decided that... Um, he wanted to do something to encourage this guy. So he talked to me about it, and he said, do you think you could get some of the students to maybe write this guy some Christmas cards? Hmm. And uh, I'd like to, you know, this is probably going to be the last lucid Christmas that he has, and I'd kind of like to make it a good one for him. Hmm. So at, at the end of the day, between Prairie College students and some other people that this guy had contact with, he got over a hundred cards, over a hundred Christmas cards to wow. decorate the guy's cell with. And when he walked in and saw all of these cards, he just broke down and cried. And um, that is something that is possible. So, you know, we from time to time have have uh, packages of, of cards and letters going in. So, yeah, it is a possibility, Corbin. It's a little out of the ordinary right now, and it's probably a temporary possibility, but mm -hmm. right now it does exist. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to go ahead and say then that if you're listening to this podcast, whether you're a student at Prairie or someone who just knows Prairie a little bit, um, if you want to address a letter to Gord um, and just send it to the college and um, include you know, a letter of encouragement that you would want to write. And I, I believe we're asked not to put our names down. You can use your first name. First name. And just okay. nothing specific about your life. No way for him to know who you actually are or find you. But um, I'll give you a really simple format. Mm-hmm. It would be, hi, my name is Julie, and I live in Alberta. And I have three small kids at home. And uh, I've been praying about about uh, you men and uh, the experience that you're going through right now. And I want you to know that there is somebody out there that cares for you. And here's a Bible verse that, that I just wanted to, to remind you of. And uh, we're praying for you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. So sticking with that format a little bit, guys, if, if you feel like God's putting it on your heart to... Uh, be writing to these men, I would encourage you to take that step um, and put in that effort and uh, write a letter, address it to the college, include your note, but also include something small just for Gord to see this is this is for the prison ministry. And um, I look forward to, you know, seeing those letters come in. And Corbin didn't ask me this, but if you put a check in the envelope... <laughs> <laughs> That'll also go to the prison ministry. I know that uh, we, we are 100% scholarship funded. Mm. That means that none of the inmates pay anything to be part of the program. Uh, they apply to the program, they're given a scholarship, and then uh, their tuition comes out of the scholarship fund. So if you donate to the scholarship, scholarship fund, uh, that would be awesome too. Any amount, five bucks, 500 bucks, whatever. It all goes to support inmates' education. Yeah, widows might, guys. Whatever you give is is going to be from the heart, and God's going to use it and bless it through y'all. So I will go ahead and end it there. Um, I know this was a bit of a longer episode, but I hope that you guys were actually, you know, listening in and just hearing some of these different aspects of how important this ministry is. Um, but for now, we'll go ahead and sign off. Uh, saying goodbye is Corbin and... And Gord. Thank you. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.